0: Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 320 of the Drunk Desert Podcast. I'm your host as always, I'm Tyler, and joining me to the man, the myth, the legend himself, Sir Colonel Gables. What's up, buddy?
1: Double or nothing. That's all <laughs> I gotta say, man. After this weekend, this Memorial Day weekend of nothing but... Playing bits of games, watching some wrestling for a change. Actual, legitimate wrestling content that I'm happy with. And like, uh, you know, having like a sort of one of a relaxing day, you know. It's like, I feel freaking awesome. (laughs) Yeah, man. It's like, you know, it's like uh, when you go through the regular work days and stuff like that. And it's like uh, everything feels like the same. Oh, (laughs) sorry about that. Seems like somebody's replying on me on Twitter again. But uh, (laughs) like I was saying, when it seems like... The work days just all kind of lump in like each day between the next and something it just feels awesome when like something just something out of the ordinary just pops up and you have no clue what it's gonna be or something like that until it hits and all of a sudden it becomes something incredibly awesome (laughs) Mm -hmm. but um yeah you know what i'm doing fucking okay tyler how about you (laughs) Uh,
0: doing good now um I, I will say though, like I mean, we we love video games. We love a lot of like nerd stuff. We love, love a lot of things in life, but nothing hits the high of like great wrestling.
1: Yeah, no for, shit. Like,
0: for nerd <laughs> stuff, like when it's great, it's the best. And I always, I will always like the best game like of all time. I love playing those games. Like you know, when you hit that like there's that magical game you're playing, but yeah. when something incredible happens in, in wrestling, it's still to this day the coolest thing in the world to me. When there's a when there's a, like a great moment that happens, and. Uh, the stuff with AEW and then last year with uh what was it, all in, all that. Um yes. was, it was it was like that was those those they don't those moments don't happen often if you're lucky once or twice a year, sometimes longer. Um, but it's from what it seems like, uh I didn't I didn't watch it. Like I I've seen bits and pieces of it. Um when I watch it though, like after they've after the fact it's still um pretty incredible with some of those what some of the moments they had in there and then the wrestling just looks fantastic. So it's going to be week to week yeah. here soon, so that's going to be great.
1: I know, man. It's like, that's just a thing. Everyone that's listening right now, it's like, Tyler and I, we've we've loved pro wrestling ever since, like, God, like around the 90s and stuff like that. At least over 20 years. Worth yeah. Of stuff. <laughs> and just seeing little bits of like AEW, just like the whole hints and stuff of like the little highlights and the people just getting excited of like over every little thing and stuff on Twitter and stuff, it gave me the same feeling of excitement I had when I was a kid growing up, like watching WCW and WWF, like go head to head with one another, the whole Monday Night Wars and stuff, with you don't know what's going to be happening and stuff. I'll tell you what, I didn't have a chance to watch that full on pay per view because for one, it was $50. For another, mm-hmm. it was like. Uh, unfortunately, it's that time of the month where I can't really, like, pay for too much of anything because why I'm broke. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like it just gave me the sense of feeling of like excitement because it kind of felt reminiscent to like the the first WCW Monday Nitro in sort of a retrospect. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Because there were certain parallels that I kind of akin to it. Now, granted, the whole show of Double and Nothing was a lot better than the first episode of WCW, but there are some parallels to it, especially the surprise wrestlers that managed to pop in on the card that nobody knew was even going to appear there. Awesome Kong was one for the women's match. And then you had like uh John Moxley, aka Dean Ambrose and the whole WWE. Nobody knew that he had signed with AEW up until last Saturday night. And oh my gosh. I kid you not. For those of you that are pro wrestling fans, if you even want to check out who John Moxley is, by all means, check out some of his old promos, like like uh I think CZW or wherever. Uh-huh. Like uh he basically, without a script, without any of the types of stuff, when he cuts promos, man, he cuts some hardcore promos. And having him inside of AEW, just unrestricted, nobody has like a freaking script or doing hokey crap that uh, he doesn't like or something. He just basically raw himself, and he looked visibly happy when he made his appearance in AEW. <laughs> I'll just say that for uh, <laughs> just it's not a man. It's not even an understatement, man. He is freaking happy at this moment. But, uh, yeah, man, it's, it's very exciting to be a wrestling fan right now.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm, I definitely, I'm excited to look all that stuff up here. I'm going to watch of that throughout the week. Mm. Um, but, uh, no, I, um, for me though, uh, I, um, what was it? I, I went and saw, we went and saw John Wick 3 yesterday. Yeah. Uh, that was pretty good. Um, Courtney had never seen it before and my family asked if, uh, we want to go see with them uh when we went saw what last night and um I made her watch the first two movies. Um I don't I don't think she liked them too much. She she, <laughs> she said, said there's parts I think she liked, uh but for the most part, no, she didn't I don't think she did. Um but no, it was uh I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I, I love the John Wick movies. And uh there there's not enough movies or enough yeah, films out there that have knife fights and knife museums. Uh, and now I feel like <laughs> any movie I watch nowadays it's required to have one of those. Uh, cause it happens like the first 15 minutes of the movie. So it's not much of a spoiler. Um, uh, but, uh, the, 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 fight in that part is probably the greatest action scene I've ever seen in a, act, in a movie before. Um, I feel like every movie should have one of these, even like the next space jam two. Uh, that just have. <laughs> LeBron James should just knock out all the monsters in a knife museum with knives. uh, That's how it should begin. That should just be the movie. It's just been one long cut of him fighting monsters with knives.
1: I'm just seeing LeBron James just trying to fight off the monsters with a well-placed knife inside of a basketball. And all of a sudden, when he throws the basketball, the knife just shoots out and just stabs one of them.
0: Yeah, make that happen, please. Um, Because the movie peaked there. It was still a great movie, but it peaked there. For me, um, and all of a sudden you just have oh, an yeah.
1: overfoot like in the back of the corner or something like like, like uh, that got Doc quick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Oh man, Keanu Reeves should just <laughs> be in every movie and show up and throw knives. Uh, as young, like, <laughs> that should be the new thing. Every movie he it, it's in the contract, he has to be in every movie that goes in the theaters. I want him to show up in the next Avengers movie, and like retroactively, just you can just stop the movie like he just kills. uh um, Oh Jesus, what the fuck's his name? The, the, the main bad guy. I just blanked his name. Um, I almost said Thor. That's not Thor. Anyways, the big, the big guy. Uh, <laughs> kill him with a knife in a knife museum. Have him fight. He would kill him immediately. It wouldn't even be a fair fight. Um, but yeah, I um saw that. Liked that a lot. It was fun. Also, getting to watch the uh, all, we basically watched all three John Wick movies in like a twenty-four hour span. So that was great for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed that quite a bit. Uh, we also um, I got my like first real haircut um in oh, my really? entire life. It's like, I don't know, since I've been able to get my own haircuts, I usually just, when I go, like, when I would go the the, the, the great clips or whatever, I always just get the regular, the buzz cut, you know? And, uh-huh. uh, I be, you know, I've learned over time in the last few months that I don't have a thing called style. And <laughs> um, I'm s- slowly, progressively getting that, I guess. I don't know. Um, I, I still get, a few, a few times a week, I'm like, I get the, what are you wearing? Like, that doesn't match. You can't wear that with that. I'm like, oh, I've been wearing this for 25 years. Maybe this is why I've been single most of my life. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so uh, I've been slowly learning what what you're not supposed worth, what and what you're supposed to wear worth, what. So uh, I uh, I got my first real haircut, like with like I got like the part on the top there, and I got like the fade on the sides, and right. I left it like super long. I didn't even touch the top, and um, I don't know what the hell it's supposed to be called. It's it, but it it looks bad. Um, I walked in the door, and she's like, "I hate it. You look <laughs> like you look like a lesbian." <laughs> That's what your girlfriend calls
1: called yeah. you when you walked out with that new haircut. something. trust.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and and then I we uh, look
1: like a closet lesbian.
0: I, it's not very closeted if you, if you see me right now. Um, people just probably assume. Um, and then we we uh, we went to a a birthday party on, uh, later that day, and I didn't at that point I didn't want to go because I was so embarrassed. And then um, I wore a hat and she's like, oh, show me a new haircut. I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to do this right now. I'll just show him. And I took my hat off and one of the the girls there was like, oh, my stepmom had one of those haircuts too. Oh, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, that is terrible.
0: (laughs) Yep. So that's me now. I have one of those.
1: And that's why I shaved my head.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You know I thought about it a few times. If I just keep shaving my head, and eventually just won't grow back, that'd be great. That'd save a lot of time and money. Um, th- this was like the most expensive haircut I've ever. Like usually, I hate like I hate getting haircuts. Yeah. I hate cutting my own hair. Cause it's just it's just a waste of time. And if I go to pay for one, it's just a waste of money because it's just like I pay twenty bucks with a tip to get a less than five minute haircut. Oh, and a lot of times you got to wait half an hour to get your haircut. It's like this is ridiculous. I I my, by the time. I, I, I could have got my hair cut grew my hair back got my hair cut again in that time frame that's how fast my hair grows and um, so I hate it because I every be like two weeks to get my hair cut so I went and got a haircut it was like like 40 bucks it was fucking stupid for this 40 bucks for this fucking god damn it if I went if I went to a woman's prison I'd be the most popular girl there <laughs> so that's oh. that's yeah now I got I got Tuesday off today's Monday by the way um Yep. And I'm, I'm, I'm even more not looking forward to going to work than I was before. So, um, <laughs>
1: cause of that haircut. <laughs> yeah. Hey, who's so. the new girl anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <Doug. laughs>
0: yeah. So. Yep. So that's me now. But anyways, this is a, uh, video game podcast. We're talking about video games. Um, um, so, do you want to jump into video games first or news?
1: Um, let's go in the jump in the news first.
0: Okay, so we got a plethora of topics this week. Uh, let's jump in. Let's jump in some of the stuff that happened last week. Um, and uh, they talked about all about Mario Maker Two. It was like 15 minutes, I want to say. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of, lot, of, lot of little things announced, like a lot of new tools and themes that we we're going to have um, showed off. Some more like the, the best thing I think is meowsers in this game. Um, so I was already, I already had this game pre-ordered, but, um, that's a definite buy now at this point. There's nothing you can do. Uh, it's happening. Um, um but I think, you know, they, they announced they have a cooperative and competitive play online. Um, you can make levels just for that. They, they're talking about, you can like put a tag on them. So they stick out. Um, there is like a ranking system with versus mode. Um, and then also, um, there's also, you can actually like make levels with friends as well. So, and then there's going to be four-player, like, in-person co- uh, co-op and uh, competitive as well. Um, and then they have, like, the voucher system that they're talking about where you can, for 100 bucks, you can get two Nintendo games, uh, which is actually pretty cool. So, if you, there's, like, two games you want to buy, you get 20. I mean, if you're going to buy two, it's digital only. You, get, you save 20 bucks. Like, there's no reason not to do it. And the cool thing is you don't have to buy both games at the same time. You can buy the voucher. Basically, you pay 100 bucks for the voucher. And then you can, um, like, you could buy a game now. For 60 bucks and then the next thing you buy is gonna be 40 bucks so if you wanted to like right now buy a voucher buy smash brothers and then in a month mu- and then in a, a month when it comes out you can buy mario maker 2 for 40 bucks um mm-hmm. so that's pr- that's pretty cool um what did you think of the uh, whole direct cables
1: i thought the i thought the mario maker 2 stuff was pretty good i liked the idea that you had so much more of like customization stuff i mean the whole meowser stuff super mario 3d world that was pretty fun That was definitely something different that uh, the original Mario Maker didn't have. Although I am kind of interested in seeing if we'll see anything else, like, uh, be added in terms of styles of Mario games, because there was room in that uh, little task bar that they have for styles of maybe, like, another Mario game aesthetic possibly being inside the mix sooner or later, maybe, like, in DLC content or wherever. It definitely leaves room to kind of speculate in terms of that, but... uh, I thought that the tools presented looked pretty fluid, definitely seemed like there is a lot more emphasis upon just, like, creating and sharing, especially with the whole online multiplayer stuff, which, my God, we needed that in the first game mm-hmm. so bad, more so than just, like, creating the courses and sharing it with people online, <laughs> although I'm glad that it is definitely going to be out soon, because I want to play that game, man, it's like, they got their own single, independent, like, independent, like uh, single-player mode.
0: Oh, yeah, with, like, 100 different... I forgot about that. With like, what, over 100 levels or 100 levels exactly?
1: Yeah, it's, like, actual pre-made Mario levels and stuff by some of the actual, like, uh, people from Nintendo. So it's going to be, like, the single-player aspect that was definitely lacking in the original. All they just told you to do in the original was just, like, Okay, here's some bits of courses right here you can create and I'll go. Mm. <laughs> oh, boy. But yeah, this is Mario Maker Two is definitely like having me excited. It's definitely one of a couple games that I want by the end of this year. <laughs> but yeah, what were you thinking? Um,
0: I, like like I said, I, this is a game that I I loved Mario Maker One. I got into, but it was like a I've talked about it before. I'm not big into creating the stages. Like I had some fun with it, and uh, but it was cool to check out other people's stages, and then like uh, like seeing your friends' stages. That that's like that's the coolest part of it. And I hope. Um, they streamline. It seems like they're gonna streamline like finding levels and everything easier than before. Where it used to be like, here's the most popular ones, and it was almost always freaking those auto levels where you just don't move, press a button. Um, and you saw a lot of the same creators over and over again, like the most played or what most popular ones. Uh, so it'd be, it's cool that you will be able to like be able to filter through. I think that's to me like it's the small things that, that are gonna make the biggest changes. Um, and then hopefully they'll have it. Like, the, the, I like the way they did with the friends list though, where like you automatically could see all the levels. Um, and I hope they find a better way with with the codes for like the codes for the levels. That was that was awful. Um, but uh, no, I I'm I'm definitely really excited about this game. I'm even more excited now because uh, like I talked about in our last episode, we did where like Courtney and I have been playing like Mario and stuff together. And uh-huh. I've never hit the fact that I'm I've always talked about I'm terrible at games. I'm definitely terrible at old older games like that. <laughs> um, like we're playing Mario One, and I can I can't even get past World Five uh mario 3 we struggle to get through like uh, world 2 um so this is kind of cool like because now when we play like you know because we play now we get to keep going through the same levels over and over again and it's fun right. but it's just like i want to see the new stuff and this i think this will be like endless amount of like because we'll play we'll play that we'll we'll fail start over do it again we are like ah, all right we're done so this will be like an endless like thing we can do, play all the time like that's like what we like to do like sometimes like on the weeknights and stuff like that as so well plays play some multiple games or we'll play mortal Kombat or something like that so this i think it'll be perfect for us where we can sit down and play there's gonna be thousands if not hundreds of thousands levels posted every day and we'll be endless i don't know how much we'll get to the creative side of it i don't i don't think that's i don't know if that's something that we'll get big into but as like a couple i think this will be perfect for us and i especially love 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 the being able to uh do online playing, do co-op and stuff. Oh yeah. I think that's even that's going to add even more fun for us and I think it's going to add more of a, like more fun for other people. Um so I yeah, I think like there was, you know, I was always like as we're seeing more and more Nintendo games with like uh do the online. That's what we talk about ever since they started charging for for people playing online. is you got to add value to it and like they've done a good job of getting like, you know, they got Fortnite out there, they got a bunch of they are doing a good job of getting the third party stuff out there. And getting some exclusive games and everything too, or at least exclusive content. But uh, and like, getting Mortal Kombat 11 was big on launch day. Uh, but the stuff they're doing, with I think they've been doing with their first-party uh, games has been really great. With you know, things that they did with Smash, like they've done, I think they've got, done some good jobs. It's not perfect. That their game, like PS4 and Xbox One, do it better, but they definitely improved upon it. And I, what we've seen so far, I think, is great. It just all comes down to how streamlined the stuff is going to be. That's the area they struggled at the most. Is it's just kind of clunky and it's like this feels like 10 years ago kind of stuff yeah. and um, if they could find a better way like Mario Maker One was excellent one of the best games of last generation um, probably the best game on the Wii U for a lot of people um, but they could just find a way to streamline all that make it easier to get around the menus uh, and then I think this is a damn near perfect game to me personally and seeing all this just made me more hyped and just, the more I think about it, the more excited I get like I keep telling them like when this game comes out this is gonna be a game changer like <laughs> this is the game we're gonna play we could play for years and not see the same thing twice so, yeah, I'm really excited about this game, um, even more so than before. Um, but anything you want to add before we move on to the other Nintendo news?
1: Oh, no, let's go on.
0: Okay, so this one, really, I don't know what we could talk about on this one. This one's kind of difficult. Uh, but it was. this is Monday Night Memorial Day. We're recording this, and it was announced, I think, late, last, late yesterday or early today. Um, they're having a Pokemon Direct on June 5th, and there's a Pokemon conference uh, going on tomorrow night, both of which will be live-streamed. Um, I think the Pokemon direct is like six o'clock in the morning, your time, right? Gables on the Pacific time. And then the conference is like six o'clock at night for you. So both, like I said, both of which you can watch on Twitch or YouTube. Um, there is a guy at the apartment complex across from me driving up onto the grass right now. Mm? I don't know what's happening right now. He, okay. His headlights are pointed right at my eyes. That's great. Um, (laughs) I don't fucking know what's happening. There's a lot of dumb people over here. Um, Okay. Anyways, uh but that's going on, and then also this is happening too at the Pokemon Direct. uh So I'm assuming we're going to see some Sword and Shield stuff. We know for a fact on the Pokemon Direct we see uh, Sword and Shield. um The conference thing, I don't, ha- I don't know what we could see on that. It's, but I looked up we were, before the show we were talking about it, and looked up. And last year, uh, let's go, the let's go games were announced and revealed there, and then they had, mm-hmm. I think they had like, then they showed off more at the Direct. Uh, For the for the E3, which is holy shit, that's like two weeks away. Um, We got to (laughs) figure out what we're gonna do for that because that's 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 very true. Uh, Yeah, it is. I don't even know how I don't even know how we're gonna do the recording for that stuff because like half of the like EA is not doing it. They're doing like an all day thing, and then PlayStation's not there. I don't. We're gonna have to talk this out because I have a fucking clue. Um, (laughs) But it's E3 is weird now. Um, It already. I guess it was weird forever, but now it's even weirder. Uh, I, don't know, Gables, I mean, you're, you're obviously more of a Pokemon fan. You're more excited about, about uh, Sword and Shield than I am. Um, I'm casual. I'm like, this game I'm probably going to pick up and play, but it's going to be like I'm going to play it for six, eight hours, and I'm like, I'm done with this, just because you know, we've talked about it a million times before. Um, but wh- wh- where are you got on this? And what, are you, what are you expecting out of these?
1: Um, Honestly, I'm not really t- expecting too much out of the Pokemon conference and stuff. I think maybe, potentially, we could see like uh, maybe like a... Maybe like a little mobile game possibly unveiled, or quite possibly, maybe some more like uh content presented maybe with Pokemon Go. I mean, that's a safe bet, but if it was anything like say last year around this time, it could be some little cues of Pokemon Sword and Shield information, despite us having like a direct being uh around like around uh like a week before E3, yeah. <laughs> But uh, at the Direct, you know, I'm kind of honestly not sure what to expect from that. I mean, we've already have seen the starter Pokemon. And quite honestly, I'm not too sure what else they are going to be showing, like, gameplay-wise. Maybe some new creatures here and there. But uh, it could also be, like, the whole new evolution thing that they have been teasing about. That supposed, like, what was this, that whole teaser, like, around the time the... Couple months ago, with the armor and evolution type of stuff, possibly.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> yep, remember hear Or about something
1: that. akin to it. I mean, there were a bunch of rumors when the, the with the actual Nintendo uh, Direct, the last Pokemon Direct that we had. But uh, honestly, if I'm gonna expect anything from the the upcoming Direct, it's probably going to be more new Pokemon that we haven't seen before. Potentially, maybe some new gimmick or something that's going to tie into the Sword and Shield. And quite possibly, maybe a release date.
0: <laughs> yeah, that makes most sense. I can see, like, because it's weird, because every year around at the end of May or beginning of June, they've always done like a little mini direct, and they they announce the new. Um, yeah, then, like they did that with X and Y, Sun and Moon, some the 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 new. What was it? The second Sun and Moon games. Oh, uh, uh, Let's
1: see. It was Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. Yeah.
0: And then last year Whew. they they did the Let's Go games. They always announced it a week or two before. Um, E3 And they kind of bucked the system this year by announcing doing the doing the little mini direct in, like, what was it, like, March, I want to say? Yeah. Um, so they, they've definitely changed the game on that. So it's like, what are we, like, this conference they're having tomorrow, It's I, they do it every year, I know. But like you said, like, I know DNA, who makes, like, the, the Animal Crossing Pocket Camp and uh, the Super Mario Run, like, they said they're making a new game. So maybe we'll get a little thing for that. But the game is supposed to come out. They said it's not coming out until a, before, probably beginning of next year. But they said the same thing about like Mario Kart uh, Tour. They did this like every mobile game that Nintendo's made has gotten delayed at least once. Yep. Um, so I don't think that game. I don't think that's happening because that game is probably a year out. When Mario Kart, the mobile game, was supposed to be out before in March of this year, and the, the the little beta just came out this uh, this past week. So who the hell knows what's going on with that? Um. So yeah, I don't. And I guess I don't I don't I don't know if we should expect a lot or a little maybe they'll like they'll reveal some stuff and that could be like a teaser for the direct next week. Um I think if anything that's what we'll get but I don't expect a lot from that. Um, right. So who knows? But uh I I'm definitely looking forward. I'm going to check them out. I'm going to watch them, but I, I I don't foresee much like I I'm, I'm more cons- looking and seeing what they're going to do with like the Pokeball Plus thing. Like yeah, I keep bringing it up, but I'm like I right. paid 50 bucks for, for this thing last year. Like six months ago, and like I'm like they're, they're gonna have to do something with this. Um, on one hand, I don't want to use it again because it cramped my fucking hand up, and I, but I don't want to use. I hope they don't make us use the fucking uh, Joy-Con like we had to last year because that was terrible too. Like let me just use the controller. Um, but I'm curious if they're gonna have like some sort of interplay with the, the Pokeball Plus. Um, <clears throat> I think that's the main thing for me. If they make us use the Joy-Con again, I'm definitely not gonna play this game because uh, <laughs> that sucked. Um, I did not like that um, with the with the Pokemon Go mechanics, but uh, I don't know. I, I I think what we'll see at the direct next week. Um, we'll talk about next week when it happens, but um, we're gonna see probably. I bet we'll see a release date. And they, like I said, they they do look the little mini direct every year, and then they don't really talk about it. They may maybe mention it in the in the actual E3 direct. So I don't know. Maybe this will be their maybe will be their big thing. It's 15 minutes long. We'll probably see this be the big blowout for it, and then maybe we'll hear something. Some for it at the end of the summer or fall. I bet this is like a what November game, October game. Right. Um, what is what is Nintendo having the docket this year? Actually, what we got Mario Maker next next month. Well, we got um, the Luigi's Mansion three. Luigi that's Man's going 3. to
1: possibly be released this year. That's we supposed haven't... to be
0: this year. Animal Crossing is supposed to be out this year. Yeah, Pokemon. we haven't seen
1: nothing about Animal Crossing. Yeah, this, we
0: just got two thousand nineteen for that. Uh, Fire Emblem is supposed to be out. Was supposed to be out what this. Supposed to be out in, before the end of summer or before the end yes. of spring. I guess that I guess, was that coming out in July, I want to say. Possibly, yeah. I think it's July. Uh, I think it's already out. yeah, it's like the end of July. Um, so I don't know. I got I don't know. Like we got, I mean, there's probably some more stuff that's gonna be revealed. Uh, people keep talking about Metroid Prime 4. I don't, I don't see it, but um, what about you? I real quick on Metroid, Prime 4. do you, do you think we'll see it at E3 this year?
1: Um, let's see. Honestly, for Metroid, I have no clue. They had to redo the entire development cycle.
0: Yeah. Of that that's, darn
1: thing most recently.
0: That's what keeps blowing my mind. Is people, I keep hearing, like, on podcasts, people talking on, on Twitter and stuff about it. Like, oh, that's going to be – that's coming out next year. I'm like, they just, no. like, started reworking the game, like, No, I would be ago.
1: very surprised if that was to be coming out by next year, this time next year. It's yeah, probably going to be, like, a 2021 type of game.
0: Yeah, and, and unless they, point. like, secretly rebooted the game, like, a year and a half ago or two years ago, then maybe. Right. I, I, I don't foresee that. Um. I, oh, I wonder if we'll hear anything about the Star Fox F-Zero game.
1: Honestly, at this point and stuff, we would have heard something else from it. I think it was, like, quite possibly at this point, it probably would have been one of those fake leaks, honestly. That's what I'm yeah. thinking it could have been.
0: It's, from everything I've, I've heard on other podcast, like, that game, like, people played that game. Like Right. So, it sounds like it was real, but, like, kind of the rumor that's come out lately is that game's been cancelled. Especially right. since, and a lot of people think it's because of Metroid Prime 4, but... Um, I guess we'll have to wait and see on that, but, well, quite possibly. Yeah. Do you anything you want to mention before we move on?
1: Well, let's see for Nintendo at E3. I mean, I know they're going to do go a little bit more into, uh, animal crossing, especially if it's going to be released by the end of this year. Luigi's mansion three, something we haven't seen too much of
0: fire. Emblem will probably touch upon again before it comes out. Yeah. Fire Emblem.
1: That's a safe bet. DLC character uh two for smash. Yeah, no doubt. There's going to be some sort of emphasis upon a DLC character, but there are also a couple of rumors around this time now that there may be like a couple more games that may potentially be released. Not the, no, the information and stuff possibly may show up at the E3 like uh, direct. One be like a third party game, and the other possibly being like an old franchise that hasn't been on the Nintendo system since like 2001, apparently. Okay. That's something okay. that's uh, I've been hearing about the rumor mills and stuff from users like Spawnwave and other people that have like kind of had some what like insider sources and stuff like around YouTube. So apparently there's been like a uh, something today on the some of the some retail sites I wanna say, I forget which ones, honestly. It might have been like either Can like Walmart Canada or wherever the hell it was. Yeah, Walmart Canada did it again. <laughs> But uh, there is some rumors going around that The Witcher 3 may be getting a port on the Switch. I heard
0: about that. Yeah, that makes sense. That'd be crazy. Which,
1: I'm not sure, but it definitely would be exciting if they actually did. Like, CD Projekt Red probably isn't going to be the company that's going to port that game over to Switch. But, dude, just having an epic game like, say, Witcher 3 would actually be pretty interesting on the Switch. How the game
0: would fit on a cartridge would be insane.
1: Not, like, how it fits, man, but how the game would run.
0: Yeah, that's
1: that's something too because that's a, bit. that's a technically like, a, that's like a technically kind of exertive game like on any type of hardware. Yeah, especially if you want to get it constantly running like about thirty, like maybe sixty frames of like a second and stuff it, like that.
0: It, it had to be thirty for it to work, and I yeah. just don't know how that would work. Yeah, I agree. Isn't that Damon X mocking games to be out this year too?
1: Yeah, I've heard nothing about that since their whole demo that they have yeah. had.
0: Yeah, that's that was was that the big that was the end of last year beginning of this year it came out right
1: um it was earlier this year that that yeah. demo released alongside yoshi's crafted world and oh, like the yeah, whole tetris right. 99 all in the same direct
0: afterwards yep. you're right yep okay makes sense so i don't know i guess we will i don't know there's a, there's a lot of question marks with all of them but i guess we'll wait and see but right. moving on to uh, some other news so we got a couple of call of duty stories here um which one do we want to do first? We'll do the small one first. This one's gonna be right. real quicker. So, because I, I don't really have much to say on it, uh, it's there's some funny tweets online, but other than that, it's not too much. But it's it's story. But uh, so the new Call of Duty this year coming out is gonna be called Modern Warfare, uh, which okay. is kind of the joke is is because Call of Duty Four was called Modern Warfare, and now this is the fourth Modern Warfare game. So it's <laughs> kind of funny. And then there was a the remaster of Call of Duty. Um, t- there was like a tweet of like, hey, do you want to play Modern Warfare? Oh, sweet. The 2007 game? No, not that one. Oh, you mean the remastered one from 2016? No, not that one either. Uh, so it's, it's fun- there's been some funny stuff out there. Um, yeah. When I read that, I'm like, really? But people made some great points. Like one the best, my favorite game of last year, one of the best games of the generation last year, um it's called god of war and it's like the seventh god of war game so uh like uh, games get rebooted like just like franchise like movie franchises and stuff they get rebooted all the time or they they kind of go back to the well on a name um and i was talking to a buddy at work about it who like call duty is like that's his game like to this day like he he, like call duty is always his game um he's like the bro gamer type you you, like, you, you know, that you always you always hear about like you always, we always joke about back in the day he's still mm-hmm. that guy um oh boy and he's like he's all excited once he you heard that he didn't even know anything about the game nobody knows anything about the game and i was really excited about about the fact called modern warfare um so that's it was, it was kind of funny having that conversation with him about it uh but uh i don't know I, it, it, it's it's silly that this that it's called i think it's that's called modern warfare it's just kind of funny because the fourth one and the call of duty four was the first Modern Warfare. It. it's just it's funny to make jokes about it but it, when you when you think about it like it's funny it's just funny to make fun of call of duty it, it, you know i mean it was always been fun because it's, it's the it's the big man on campus or at least it's it was and it's still one of the big probably three or four out there um but i don't know like it, did when you heard that when you heard this news is like what did you think of it
1: Honestly, when I first heard the news, I didn't really much care too much about it, only because for one, it's like it's like the point that you just brought up previously. One of the one of the games that you enjoyed playing a lot last year was the original God of War. And quite honestly, whenever companies want to go through and try to rebrand like a series or something like that, or try to reboot or trying to kind of mask like how old a series is by like just dropping the miracle number and then just releasing it under like almost like it's an original name, then. It's like a lot more recognizable in sort of that aspect, you know. Because, like for example, you have God of War, and then you had like in twenty twelve or some Tomb Raider and stuff when it dropped, and technically that was like uh, a reboot, but that was like God, like the fifth or sixth to- Tomb Raider or something like oh, that out of there. Probably
0: more like the tenth. But the yeah, tenth? Right. yeah, it's, yeah. Roughly. It's the ending of a trilogy, but it's like the tenth Tomb Raider game, yeah.
1: But to be perfectly, but to be perfectly honest with you, it's like this is like the third third call of duty game that has like the moniker of like modern warfare yeah, and, yep. and that, not even like a couple years out you know when you had like call of duty 4 modern warfare and stuff like that but as a releasable thing with uh one of the other call of duty games
0: yeah <laughs> well, on top of that you have infinite warfare advanced warfare and then this is the fourth of modern warfare so i don't know, it's like that if anything you want to rag on them it's like they're shitty naming of games at this point well
1: yeah you have a good point and stuff but uh god all they have it doesn't really matter to me what they call it and stuff like that they're essentially releasing the same kind of game it's it's online online squad based sort of like uh shooting things you know it's like call of duty
0: (laughs) yeah yeah i mean definitely um but actually moving on sticking with call of duty um, so Raven and Sledgehammer, um, who Sledgehammer is, was the third of the three that, uh, with uh, Treyarch and Infinity Ward, as far as making uh, Call of Duty games, they rotate every three years they release a Call of Duty game. Well, Raven uh, was actually going to be co-developing um, the new Call of Duty that's coming out this year, um, or I'm sorry, in 2020 uh, with them. Who Raven always like helps the the current one that's coming out every year. They always work with them. They help do like this the post. Post-launch content, um, help a lot with the online stuff like that. So Raven was actually going to be uh, co-developing this one with Sledgehammer. Um, well, it comes to find out that Raven and Sledgehammer are no longer co-developing um, this one. Uh, this, our 2020s Call of Duty, it's being scrapped. It sounds like almost completely, or a lot of it's going to be um, going to be kind of fused into. So what's going on is uh, they're making one that's taking place during Cold War. And Treyarch, who just made last year's Black Ops 4, was making the third game for 2021. Was also taking place. Uh, Black Ops 5 was was going to be called. Uh, speaking of not, cha- you know, shitty name, name naming of games, um, but Black Ops 5 was coming out in 2021, and that was also going to be a Cold War game. So we're going to have back to back Cold War games, which I know Call of Duty like to do. So what's going on is that Raven and Sledgehammer lost that. Now Treyarch's 2021 game is now being pulled to 2020. Um, if you can, if this still make if you guys aren't confused or cross eyed yet, um, so I, I, uh, Jason Schreier who is like the king of of uh, leaks and pulling shit usually he's really good about EA. This one's pretty good, really good with e, uh, Activision, but he, when he when he puts together an article, I read them all um, with Kotaku. They're always long, but they're great. And you can, if you want to buy, find backstories or anything, uh, he is your man. Pretty much, if you want to know anything, everything that has gone wrong Bioware the last like five years, he's your guy. Just read his shit, but. Um, so i'm just gonna read it there's a bunch of clip notes here I, I, I took but i'm just gonna, this is gonna like i said it's long but i'm just gonna go through everything so uh activision um, informed developers that soul and raven that both studios will no longer be chart in charge of call of duty games scheduled for 2020. instead treyarch who last developed black ops 4 last year will be taking over and leading development on a new black ops game for next year black ops 5. uh raven and social uh, were originally supposed to um, lead development on 2020 call of duty game uh, and according to Kotaku, the plan was set to uh, story was set for uh, Cold War. Uh, conveniently enough, uh, Black Ops Five was set for Cold War, like I mentioned already. Um, according to Judge Shryer, uh who cites sources, briefed on a overhaul. While Treyarch will take over a leadership role on 2020, uh, Raven and Sledgehammer will act as support studios. Uh, Treyarch will be utilizing work previously done in single player story mode for the campaign. So basically, they're going to like kind of confuse the. Campaign, the, the, some of the work and the campaign stuff together uh, for the 2020 game. um One of the main reasons behind the studio switch is reportedly due to the specific, the tension between employees from Raven and Sludgehammer. Sources oh. indicate that both staffs were argue, argued frequently over the past year. Um, reaction at Treyarch are, are mixed between dismay and excitement because uh, they went from three years to two years. Uh, Treyarch will now have a two year um, Black Ops to make Black Ops 5. Um, sources say it may, uh, it may result in a particularly bad stretch of crunch, which has been a big thing over the last couple of years for uh, the video game world. Um, other sources say they're excited because their game plan for Black Ops 5 likely won't change as drastically um, as it did in previous installments. Um, one, and also, this is kind of a little tidbit that um, one of the Sledgehammer's uh, co-founders left last year and went on to start a new studio in Silicon Valley with um, the publisher 2k that studio ended up hiring a, a good chunk of sledgehammer employees. Uh, oh, I see. So, and it says that sledgehammer has been losing employees ever since. Um, and one little tidbit I want to add in there on top of that is that in 2020, the new consoles was released. So on top of that, they're only making their, they have two years to make making game and now they're going to probably have to release that thing for four consoles plus PC. So they have a, so Treyarch has a big thing uh, ahead of them, but they do have sledgehammer and Raven who can't work together is going to help them make this game. Um, but uh, I don't know, Gables. I mean, I like we like you were talking about. Like, I love playing the the Call of Duty campaigns. You just, I mean, and understandably so. And I think like a lot of people, I just I mean, it's not I just don't care anymore. Uh, it's, it's easy to say, say that because something. That Call of Duty for me has been very hit and miss uh, over the last I don't know decade or so. Um, mm-hmm. Coming from this, what what are you thinking though for for Call of Duty?
1: It is kind of concerning considering that you have like Sledgehammer and Ravensoft both like at each other's throats, quintessentially, it sounds like, in terms of just not not just like coming together in terms of uh, helping out this game, though, but it kind of signals a little bit of the tension in the atmosphere there at their studios as a whole because of this whole random like crunch thing trying to create the new Call of Duty game and stuff. And also, it doesn't help matters that they are, you know. Like, uh, Sledgehammer's like, what, one of their founders or something like that creates a new studio and stuff, and like all the other workers were like trying to follow in suit. So there must be something along the lines of, uh, there must be something deeper going on inside there that we're not well aware of, because in order for like all those people to start leaving there almost like a mass, it's like, uh, excuse me, it had to have been something a little bit more, uh, substantial in sort of that way. And, uh, immediately what crosses my mind is a lot of the, Like, earlier on this year or something like that, when Activision released a whole bunch of their employees and stuff like that from, like, Blizzard and this and that. Oh, yeah. Yep. Maybe a lot of those other workers over there, like Ravens... Like, Ravensoft and, like, uh, Sledgehammer, are kind of feeling kind of the same way. That kind of crunch in order to try to produce. And then all of a sudden, it's, like, Activision as a whole probably realizing, okay, there's so many... There are so many employees that they're losing in terms of these studios that now they got to have Treyarch involved in order to try to subsequent like fill in for the losses and stuff because there's now like not enough adequate people working inside to help produce that particular game that they were going to be releasing this year, I guess. So it's like, okay. <sighs> Honestly, at the end of the day, what I'm feeling about this is very concerned that the product that was going to release for like 2021 being moved up is going to take a bit of quality hits <laughs> in terms of uh not just development issues but in terms of like what it actually will be shaping out to be because if there's anything i would go and learn from the past year or so in terms of major crunches for games a lot of the times if you don't have structure you know any type of structure that's like really substantial to it isn't the crash and burn kind of similar to well a game that released earlier on this year by ea anthem mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's, it's like yeah you know it's like that also had a trim, like a tumultuous kind of like a development and also the crunch over there with bioware to the extent you know we're kind of kind of parallels to an extent to what's happening currently right now with activision in terms of uh Having their current like line of Call of Duty games being developed in multiple different studios in house, so it's like, ugh. you know, I feel for, I feel for the gamers that want to play these, like want to play the Call of Duty series in general. At the same time, it's like I feel, I feel very like uh, sorry for the people that are working over there right now with RavenSoft and with Sledgehammer. Just like here, you have a bunch of their coworkers, or something, they're like leaving and stuff for like probably because the atmosphere is probably a very low in morale and probably like all sorts of various crap we're not even well aware of or probably we're not going to be aware of up until maybe we're going to hear more about it in the coming months but it's like yeah if i'm a fan of call of duty right now i'm kind of concerned what the next three to five years is going to be for this uh franchise <laughs>
0: uh yeah i, I agree i is kind of curious i'm curious what's gonna happen with you know, a sledgehammer being pulled out of the rotation completely because they've been in the rotation. I don't want to say since uh, 2013, 2014, so the beginning of this generation. Um, so, what's going to happen with them? And then Raven on top of that. But Raven, like I said, they've always been like a co-developer of these games. Um So I'm I'm curious to see what what, what happens with them after that, because that totally like it's the first time I was reading. It's the first time the rotation has been messed with since 2012. think like, yep. I mean, it was like Black Ops Two. Yeah. Um, where they, you know, that was just and the, all they did was they added a they added in sledgehammer at that point, so they added a year now. We're this year, we're, now we're subtracting a year, and it, it concerns me because with Black Ops 4, the big thing behind that was like they added the blackout mode, um, fairly quickly because of and one one of the big reasons was the campaign didn't come together, and so they they had to pull the campaign. I heard it was it sounded like it was being pretty people that like talked about it, it sounded like there was something different and pretty cool they were doing, and to hear that, like, yeah, it didn't come together. We had three years to make it. We couldn't pull it together, so we we scrapped it. Um, now we're giving give this same people Treyarch. They couldn't put together this campaign in three years. Now we're giving two years. And I understand they're gonna, they're going to pull some. They're going to have some stuff from for the game that's been in development for about a year and a half now. They're going to have some. They're going to have the help of Sledgehammer and Raven. On top of that, with all some of their stuff they made because they're making the same game, uh, essentially with well same uh, era with Cold War. Uh, on top of that so maybe they could pull together i don't know um but these two companies couldn't work together who who knows how sledgehammer i mean raven's worked with all three of them for years now um but who's how is this going to work together with Treyarch with sledgehammer who knows uh this is going to throw a sledgehammer now because instead of making their own game now they have to work with them so does that mean they're gonna be able to pull a new game together in two years or three years how's it gonna work i don't know um I just the the more I think about it, the the more it just kind of scares me for that game because Black Ops was what was my favorite of the, well, I shouldn't say the, the first Black Ops was my is still it's probably my second favorite behind Infinite War Warfare um, as far as Call of Duty goes, but um,
1: it's definitely my favorite though Black Ops the original one.
0: Yeah, but you haven't played Infinite Warfare. It's really good, um, mm. but um, I don't know. I, I I I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm just kind of scared because I, I didn't I didn't care for Black Ops two or three. Uh, Black Ops Four was cool, but that I mean, I, it, the Blackout mode was awesome. I thought, but it just kind of just like it, like Fortnite and PUBG. I played them for a little bit. And I'm like, eh, that's not my game. So uh, like most battle royale games for me. So maybe this will pull me back in because Cold War was Black Ops One, and then that's my or no, was it Vietnam? Or Cold War? I can't remember. It was Vietnam. Never mind. Uh, so I don't know. I, I'm hopeful. I always whenever I hear Black Ops, I hold out hope, and I look I, I look back with like fond memories of playing Black Ops One. Um, and loving that game, so I'm I, I'm gonna hold that hope for this and hope it's great. uh Same with Modern Warfare. I mean, hopefully it brings back like the 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 um the great days of what you know Call of Duty was in like the in the in the 2000s. um Even though it's, I mean, it's, it's silly to say that because it's still like the best selling game like every year. Uh, so I don't know. Like I was saying with like um, wrestling at the beginning of the show, like when it's hot, it's like the best. When Call of Duty's great and it's on top and it's excellent. It's like the best, you know, for for shooters, anyways. Um, so hopefully we have that again with uh, maybe Modern Warfare, and then again next year with Black Ops Five. Um, but and you know, like I said, the twenty twenty thing is kind of weird because like the new consoles are coming out then, so like that that's a lot on these guys t- on these on these guys' plates now, where they have to make uh, you know they are developing for probably the next generation's consoles now. They have to generate uh, work for on the on the previous ones with the new ones. So I don't know. It, it's gonna be you're talking about five consoles that have three and that's if i'm assuming they're not going to switch but that's assuming they're not going to switch um but moving on real quick to our last topic like kind of like the modern warfare story not a lot to it uh kojima did like a little teaser thing a couple days ago or um he like he put like this little 15 second video together on on his twitter um saying help us reconnect and they like these two hands together and then um today we had another one it says um create the rope Uh, And then it was talk about how that we're going to be on May 29th that we're going to see the next trailer for uh, Death Stranding. Um, So, you know, classic Kojima shit doesn't make sense. Even when you play the game, it still probably won't make sense. Uh, All of the all (laughs) the the main voice actors like Norman Reedus uh, and a bunch of other people, pretty much everybody that's involved with anybody famous involved with this this game, uh, tweeted out today or yesterday about this. I think it was last night. About this game um, and the new teaser coming out, I don't know. Like, I'm definitely probably the biggest Kojima fan fanboy of them all. As far as like when we do this podcast, which isn't I guess saying a lot because uh, Justin was uh, he he jumped to Metal Gear Solid Five, and I don't even know if Jake ever liked uh, Metal Gear Solid games. Um, but <laughs> I mean, you've you've definitely been like. You were more excited after the Death Stranding gameplay video we had last year at E3 than I was, uh, and yeah, and I'm a fanboy of Kojima. Um, but like, where are you on this? Are you like, are you excited for this, or what? What are you, what are you with with uh, Death Stranding?
1: How I am with Death Stranding right now? I am very excited for the concept because it's the type of sci-fi s type of settings that I actually kind of like in terms of uh, my content because it's like it's a new type of world, right? And it's mm-hmm. very mysterious. It's It's obviously on the lines of what Hideo Kojima is pretty much known for, and that's a lot of batshit crazy stuff mixed in with uh, any and everything he could possibly think of. (laughs) Yep. So it's like, well, here's the thing, man. It's like, I've been a fan of the Metal Gear Solid games for like over, like, what is it now? Over 20 years? Uh, Well, actually, I didn't play my first Metal Gear Solid game until like around 2000 and I want to say like 2004, 2004. 2004 or something like that when Middle Gear Solid fifteen years like maybe the Twin Snakes was the first one yeah, I think I played.
0: Yeah, that
1: game's badass. The Twin Snakes I played first, and then all of a sudden Metal Gear Solid 2, Sons of Liberty was the next one. And I remember that because I bought Metal Gear Solid 2 first, but I wanted to play through the first one, and I ended up doing that on the GameCube. But uh Anyway, Tying Back to Deck Stranding, I am very excited about it. I want to see more gameplay of it, and quite honestly, every time they reveal a new trailer. Every time Kojima like unveils like a new trailer for the game, it intrigues me more. Because I know next to nothing about what's happening, but I'm more intrigued about experiencing the world for myself.
0: <laughs> you just described all of Metal Gear Solid. That's what point that I, <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Exactly. Right now, I want to keep going. Exactly.
1: He's applied the same type of like kind of intrigue that I you know, that I was interested in, in playing the Metal Gear Solid games back in the day, and then all of a sudden it's like him with Death Stranding now, it's like kind of feel like almost the same thing as like how a Medically Solid was back in around '98.
0: <laughs> yes. yes. Um, like, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely a huge consumer fanboy. Uh, so when I say something like, that I love about it, you got to take it with a grain of salt because I probably love it 10 times more than I really should. Um, but I, I, I'm like, don't be wrong, I'm happy to. Uh, um, to see more dust raining, But I'm at the point now where, like, I just want to play the goddamn game. Like, I hear yeah. The, the more we see of it, the more confused I get, the less sense it makes. Um, and that's just classic Kojima. It, it's kind of like me with, like, Metal Gear Solid 5. Where I'm like, just, just give me the release date because I know you're going to delay it at least two times before we play it. So we can just start the delay cycle now. You know? Just tell me it's going to be coming out in 2020 so I know I'll be playing it fall of 2022. You know? Or... or late 2021 maybe um at best but th- that's what I'm game's not
1: releasing this year we know that the game's not gonna oh, release this year hell no hell
0: no <laughs> even if he even if he gives me a release date it says so the, the the trailer's on may 29th he could tell me it's coming out on may 30th and i will not believe him i will not believe him <laughs> he could tell me the game's out now and i'll like nope it's getting delayed, for sure six month delay until uh, so
1: all of a sudden, I send you a picture the next day. It's like, oh, my God, that's stranding to out You're like,
0: ah! I could be <laughs> playing the game, and I'm like, this game's going to delay delayed for sure. Th- that's how I have zero faith. It's like when a Smash game gets delayed up until this last one, or the Smash game gets announced up until this last one we had. We're like, you know that game's going to delayed like 17 times. Like, that game's going to come out, whatever they say, three years later. Add three years to it, for sure. Uh, this was like the first one they nailed, uh, and that game came out in December. Uh, yep so yeah, I don't man i'm I'm I, it's a weird emotion where like I can't fucking wait to see this goddamn trailer, but i I just I'm tired of it. I just I want to play the goddamn game. I'm over it there's I can't I cannot get any more erect right now, okay? <laughs> like, it's fully wrecked like it's been six hours. I need to go to the hospital, but I'm too ashamed to go <laughs> just give me the goddamn game, please. That's where I'm at right now. Give me the fucking game. <laughs> um, fuck. Uh, I'm a little drunk right now. I've had a few beers. Um, we go. did like this weird, like, we, we, we're going to do 30 days no drinking thing. Uh-oh. We made it 21 days. So we, <laughs> we didn't make it the full 30. So my, my tolerance level is not what it was once. Um, Uh-oh. So I've had, like, I've had like five beers. I'm a little drunk now. So Tyler's in rant mode. <clears throat> but moving on. Uh, actually, you know what? That's the last topic, Gables. We're out of topics. Yep. Give me the fucking game, Kojima, <laughs> fucking asshole. Uh, but oh, we still got about What we've been playing, uh, yep. Gables? I want to go first because I am really excited All about right. this. All right, it's it's the last week of May, and uh-huh. I beat my first game of twenty nineteen. All right. So usually at this point, I've beaten like a dozen games. Uh, this is my first one I beat. I beat Mortal Kombat Eleven. Oh, good. Yeah, beat it today. Um, actually, it was as funny though because. <laughs> I played like I, I pretty much spent a good chunk of the day Saturday. Like I I was I was uh, I got to like chapter six or seven like three weeks ago, and I just haven't played it because I, I I'm not I haven't, I haven't been digging the story. Like I thought nine was a the story in nine was incredible. Ten was really good still uh, was really good and they had all these new characters I thought in a really cool way and I really enjoyed it. And this one I was like eh, I'm not really digging the story, which is silly, silly because it's a fighting game, but eh, I wasn't really digging the story. Right. Um, so I kind of like turned it off a it and I was playing like I played a lot of three. Uh, over the last few weeks, uh, love Pickross, and then Pic- uh, the third one came out, playing the shit out of that. Um, I did play my first game of Touchers 99. Did not right. go well. I didn't even <laughs> crack top ninety. Didn't oh, go well at all. I got my ass whooped. Um, but uh, so been, so I've, I was it Saturday I just finally sat down like just need to play it, uh, work through it. And so I ended up playing it and got all the way to like I didn't even realize it. I quit playing it on uh, on was it Saturday? Yeah, Saturday. Uh, and I quit playing it. And I'm like, oh, I think I'm towards the end, babe. I'm going to just knock these out real fast. She's like, oh, yeah, that's cool. So she's sitting there watching me play. And I had, like, two fights left. And I was like, ten, so I beat the game. Like, I had, like, ten minutes left. I didn't even know it. Uh, so I, I finished the game. Um, I still came away from it overall with the story. of like, eh, yeah, it's meh. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that we, we, we like, the new villains we've they've added are just, you know. I think like Shang Tsung was in the, was in nine more Kombat nine when they rebooted right. it. Right. And he's obviously the best bad guy in the franchise. Um, it was Goro. Goro's dead. Shang Tsung's dead. So they add these new ones. And they just don't connect the way the, the, the end ones do. And they add, they, they talk a lot about the backstory of Mortal Kombat, which I didn't know there really was a backstory to Mortal Kombat up until like the last one. Um, I just thought it was a bunch of guys fighting each other. And then like Shang Tsung saw <laughs> your souls at the end. Uh, and then like you did like a bit, baby towels every now and again. Um, so like I'm I'm just going through like and that's a lot of it like in more common eleven is they're like doing a lot of, like they're bringing the, the nether realm together and all this and I'm just like I had no clue these people have been in war for years or generations or thousands of years or whatever so I like the cutscenes are like almost Metal Gear all along in between chapters like oh, they're God. like 10, 15 minutes like not like not as bad I'm being, I'm being a little. Uh, for former lake, uh, not former like Uh, I'm boasting a little too much about these. They're like 10 15 minutes in between chapters and in between fights, there could be three or four minutes. So, I would say half of the game, the story mode is probably cutscenes. If not, well, no, I'd say more like three quarters of the story mode is story, is cutscenes. It's so like good chunks of them. I'm like, I have no clue what's happening right now. It's like Metal Gear Solid, but makes <laughs> less sense to me. I just had that <laughs> pop in my head right now. It's like, if you played Metal Gear Solid 4 without playing, the like, the rest of the games, like, you have no oh. fucking clue what's oh happening. Oh, my God. So, I could
1: not imagine somebody doing yeah. that.
0: So, that's kind of where I am, uh, to a lesser extent, but close. Um, so, that's where, I, where I've been watching it, like, playing this game. Like, what the fuck is happening? Um, but, uh, anyways, I beat it. Um, the combat, I still... I think the... Uh, what the since they started like the rebooting of it with, like... the um with, with the dc games and the more common games this is my favorite style where they they brought back the best two out of three uh fighting style and then like they change like you have like your special move you can do where you only get one per fight and it's only until you get like you you get one per fight and are uh, for for that's like all three rounds if you go three rounds and you don't you don't get you don't have the option to use it until you get to the last like you get down to quarter health so if you want to use it in round one and you could bring it, and that's kind of like a comeback move really more than anything in these games and, or in this one. So if you want to burn it in round one, you better like, it's kind of like, it adds a lot more strategy to it. So it's like, right. Ah, I can kill him right now if I hit this move, but it's like, but if I, if I don't land it uh, now, like I'm like, I am pretty much lost this fight and, or I'm, I'm, I'm putting myself in a bad position. Cause like, if you blocks it, you like set yourself up for a really, really bad combo. And um, right. so it just adds a lot more element to it. we like, you know, it's like, do I do I t- lose this round now, and then just hope I come back and I can save it for round two or three, um, and it's just, it has some really cool elements to that. I think it adds a little more strategy to the fights, like especially for me, like and I've talked about, like I'm not good at fighting games. I'm a button masher, and these kind of fighting games like Smash, I'm like. I'm better at, because I have a little more of an idea how it works out. Cause pretty much everybody's like, you know, like they have the same button combos. Like everybody has a down B a down a, like all the things mean the same thing, just different right. for each character. These ones have like the crazy six button combinations and they're like completely different for, for character to character. Um, for the most part, like for a good chunk. If you want to get deep into it, they, they have that. Um, so, to add that, and you kind of it kind of makes maybe feel like I was a little better at the game than I actually am. Playing when, when you get your ass whooped by an eleven-year-old multiple times, you definitely feel less cool and, <laughs> uh, about yourself. Um, but you know, it just kind of comes with life, I guess. Sometimes you get your ass kicked by an eleven-year-old. Um, it was bound to happen. Uh, but I don't know I, I still I still really enjoy this game if you want a Mortal Kombat if you like Mortal Kombat you like fighting games this game is perfect I think for that um, I just still I still think I think it's the weakest of the trilogy for me uh, but it was cool like they, like, was like Mortal Kombat 10 like talking to Justin a lot about it and other people and like reading about it a lot of people were upset because they added they almost went too heavy with the new characters in Mortal Kombat 10 um, and like because like, a lot of characters they killed they have no it's like Game of Thrones they don't care they'll, they'll kill off major characters in these games in like the story mode and then you just won't see them. Like Shang Tsung has not been in the in the, in the games until since then, since nine. Um, like he's not even a playable character in the games in, in eleven. He was in ten, but he wasn't in eleven, as a like in just in versus mode. Um, at least as far as I know of. So like they don't have a problem killing him off and not even bringing him back for the next game. So this one they added, they did a good job of bringing them uh, of bringing back the old characters. Like they did like with the story, like the time travel storyline. Um, so it was cool getting to play as like some of the older characters and the game, like bringing them back, um, and everything too. So I thought, um, I, I I enjoyed that element, but it's still like it's the weakest of the trilogy for me as far as the story goes. As much as you want to put a story, put it's like complaining about the storyline in a John Wick movie. It's just it's just silly. He's just there for the action and the fighting. So if you want the action and the fighting, it's, it's great. It's better than ever. But uh, if you're looking for a, a compelling story at all, it's it's not that. Uh, but that's. Pretty much all I've been playing. I'm I'm, I'm trying to figure out what my next game is in play. I have like I, I have like Yoshi's Crafted World. I'm like two thirds, like about a quarter of the way through, about a third of the way through. I'm sorry. You might as um, well finish it
1: up. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I'm thinking about it, but like I'm also I'm like I'm, I'm looking at like Days Gone, but I've heard that game they're still patching that game like crazy. Anthem, same thing. I'm probably gonna wait on those two games, and or neither of those games um, are like super pick up right now. Metro, I want to play. That's probably the game I want to play the most. But I think I'm go with Rage Two next, just because. Uh, I'm in. I've been like clamoring for like a really just fun blow shit up kind of game. Uh-huh. And pl- plus, we got Doom coming out later this year, so I want to play. I, I think I want oh. to get that.
1: Oh, I forgot about Doom Eternal. God, oh man, yes.
0: I, I think about it literally every day. I think about it every time I have sex. That's
1: the first time I've actually thought about that game in like a good couple months. Honestly, <laughs> I,
0: every time I masturbate, I think about that game. That's a fun fact for you guys. Uh, now, next time, every time we play, when Doom Eternal comes out, I want to think about that moment that we just had here. That's what we're going to th- think about. Uh, all of a sudden,
1: you just, <laughs> sudden you just hear, it's like the whole room, it's like, Doom Slayer, like, oh God.
0: Yeah, so that's me and me. Uh,
1: <laughs> oh boy. Your um, girlfriend comes to the room, what the hell
0: is this? Are you playing fucking Doom again, Tyler? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I should probably tell her that before she hears this on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Babe, the real thing I've been thinking about, never mind, is... is, No, uh, no, no, mm, no.
1: That's not going to go over
0: well. (laughs) I'll start packing her stuff now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, holy shit. I hope she didn't hear that part. I'd be in a lot of trouble if she heard that. (laughs) She's not yelling, so I think we're okay my gables
1: <laughs> well you have a girlfriend i don't
0: so yeah anyway <laughs> yeah unfortunately she listens to the show sometimes so um hopefully she'll just tune out in the first five minutes because she hears us talking about wrestling and then she'll just not listen to the rest of the show um but gables yes what have you been playing buddy
1: well let's see over the past couple weeks i finished up uh, persona 3 dancing a moonlight i 100 percent completed that game jesus christ man Dude, I completed that game on every single difficulty on every single track, and you I help. did the exact same thing that I did Persona Four Dancing All Night. I got so into the music that I basically just—excuse uh, me—had to take a couple of tracks. Like, uh, I just did it like one at a time. Went through and I just played through each individual song and stuff on particular ranks on particular difficulties and stuff. And I wanted to see how many I could get of. Uh, the top rank which was like king crazy and i managed to oh god i managed to go through the entirety of that track list on persona 3 dancing and moonlight and do the same thing like i did in the previous game where it's like okay i'm gonna complete this i did and what's funny is during the last time that i streamed that game people were like oh my god this I was like how the hell are you memorizing all this stuff the notes are going so fast i'm like well, oh, hell i've been doing this for like a good solid month now <laughs> no no but uh Uh, But for real, though, it took me, like, about 35 to about 40 hours, actually, to complete this game, all in all, you know? And the game is not fairly long. I mean, I already got the Platinum Trophy and everything for that game, so it's like I had that within, like, 20 hours, roughly. And it took me a lot less time to complete this game than did Persona 4, Dancing All Night, but uh, the tracks and the difficulty, especially on the, uh, let's see, All Night Difficulty... It was tougher. It was definitely tougher. But uh, I managed to take it one track at a time. I, the thing I usually do with these dancing games is I usually start from the easiest track of that difficulty and work my way through the playlist, and then all of a sudden go back to that easiest song. And I noticed that every time I do that, I would retain a lot of what I had learned previously by completing later tracks in that track list. And I got to the extent where I literally had like two songs left. I managed to get one and then I waited exactly a couple days later and it was right around the time where I had bought my latest game which was Castlevania Collection and uh, the day that same day that I started playing it I went back to Persona 3 Dancing in Moonlight and I got the last King Crazy rank on the very last song, the hardest song mind you on that entire game. Oh God, and the way, and here's the thing, with these with these music songs, these Persona dancing songs, they are ranked through like star difficulties and stuff. This one had one above the maximum quintessentially, and I managed to go through and complete that. So I'm very happy that I have gotten that done and over with. I have decided for the time being that after completing my second music rhythm game in a row, that I am going to take a couple months off Before I try starting Persona 5. (laughs) Mm. Dancing in Starlight. (laughs) Maybe much preferably after I beat Persona 5. Whenever that is. But uh, that pretty much leads me into the next game. Well, actually the next game collection. That I'm going, delving into. Which was the Castlevania collection. Like I was just mentioning a moment ago. So what the Castlevania collection is. For everyone listening out there is it's a basic bundle that includes the first three Castlevania games on the NES, the two Castlevania games that were on the original Game Boy, you have the Sega Genesis, like a Castlevania game, and also you have a game that was not released stateside called Kid Dracula, which was basically, it's basically a quirky platformer that is loosely related to the Castlevania series. It's not really until you go through and go through the end of that game where you actually get a little bit of hints and references towards, like, actual Castlevania. But uh, here's what exactly that I've been doing with this game. So immediately from the get-go, the number one thing that enticed me to buy it was having a digital version of Castlevania Bloodlines, the Genesis classic from back in 94. I started playing that game, I got really into it. I streamed a little bit of myself playing it, and I managed to beat Bloodlines on a stream, even though it took me about a two and a half, like three hours, especially with uh, one of our friends of the show, Miss Rose, <laughs> watching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, here's exactly what I've done playing through this collection set. I've went through Castlevania Bloodlines twice. One is John Morris, and the other one on expert mode as Eric Lacard which basically the differences between those two, John Morris is quintessentially the Belmont-like character, where he's using a whip and using like various, like, uh, his own set of, like, sub-weapons that he has, while Eric Lacard is, he uses a spear. And the thing about the spear is you can charge up certain attacks. You can actually charge up this jump attack, which is very cool, Tyler, where it's, like, you hold down on the D-pad, and quintessentially he goes into this animation where he's revving up his spear, and he goes and he actually can jump to, like, a higher platform. Like higher reaches than what John Morris can do, so when you're going through the game, there are different ways you can transverse through some stages that you basically couldn't have done with the, with the other character. Like for example, there's a stage where John Morris he basically goes through, he uses his whip like a grappling hook, and he could swing through certain portions of like uh, the terrain and stuff. But you can't do that with Eric LeCard. No, what you got to do is for that very same stage, you have to pretty much. Use your spear to catapult yourself to higher platforms that you weren't able to reach from before, and kind of make your way through this through the stage like uh, that way. So they're very much like key differences between the characters, and both of them feel pretty awesome to play. I'm not going to lie. So going through and completing Castlevania Bloodlines, that was one game that I went through and beat. The other was the original Castlevania. <laughs> Which when essentially, after playing through Bloodlines for so long and stuff, going through the original Castlevania was not that difficult at all, especially with save states. So basically what I do is I go through and I get the Holy Water. I keep the Holy Water with me this entire playthrough pretty much. I pick up the little, like, uh, sub-weapon little pieces and stuff that, say, like, be, like, 2, 3, and then, like, this, like, other type of, like, golden thing. They look like maps, right? But what they are is little key things that make you toss your uh, sub-weapons faster. And so the faster you throw your sub-weapons, you can actually lock specific enemies into like, uh, they're, like, almost in place and just defeat them, like, then and there. That's when essentially what I did with some of the later bosses inside that game, where if you're playing against... Let's say you're playing against the boss death in the original Castlevania without the sub weapon like the holy water. It's an incredibly difficult fight. You have to go from side to side dodging like about I kid you not, maybe like 5 to about 7 sickles. They're each passing things and you're tr- trying to navigate and try to predict these randomly generated spears where they're going to be at while trying to hit the while trying to hit death with your whip. So Basically, I've used a strategy which I've known about for a while and I've used previously, which was use the holy water on death and lock him into place. <laughs> like essentially, what it happens is it, it, it traps him inside this animation where once you use the holy water over and over again alongside the whip, he'll basically stay in place as you're just kicking the shit out of him and it ends <laughs> up destroying him. <laughs> but funny thing is when you go through the later stages, when you've finally face off against dracula in like both of his forms the first stage of dracula it's very simple he basically comes through he appears and stuff you have to hit his head and dodge the fireballs and stuff that he shoots out and once you whittle down his life bar and stuff and he goes into a second form you basically do the same thing like you did in the death battle where you just use you use like all these freaking like holy water items alongside whipping them and quintessentially this final form of Dracula is supposed to be, like, one of the toughest forms in this game. And he is. He's quick. He has a lot of damaging moves that take away more than, like, a quarter of your life, if you're not careful. And here I am. I'm with, like, almost, like, a full set of hearts with my holy water and stuff. And I'm locking him into place and just kicking the shit out of him. Like, one, two. And I ended up beating the original Castlevania that way. And, uh, yeah, that was, a pretty fun, that was a pretty fun playthrough. I didn't have too much difficulty with that. However, I cannot say the same for Castlevania Adventures, (laughs) the Game Boy game that I hadn't played through in like a couple years because of how bullshit that game is, the way it controls, the way it runs. (laughs) Oh boy, I didn't like playing that game when I was playing it on my 3DS. And while it's propped up on my big screen and stuff and I'm trying to play through it, I immediately start to remember why I don't like the game at all to begin with. I played through the entirety of this game, right? And the game was stuttering. It's an early Game Boy game. And this is from, like, a developer that did not know how to program, or actually did not, I could not get the full extent of the Game Boy processing power going. And it's clear to see, because of how often the game chugs, when there's multiple characters on the screen. The controls are piss poor, to say the least. Christopher Belmont, like, he... He basically moves so slow to the extent that uh, there are things that can literally, like, just outpace him. (laughs) Some enemies are, like, faster than him. And because I can't immediately turn on a dime and, like, hit something, it makes it much more frustrating in that aspect. And what's kind of funny is, like, when you're traveling up and down ropes, you don't have the option to go down faster. (laughs) You have to basically watch as a slow-ass animation moves its way down the freaking screen... And try to dodge things like these these huge boulder like eyeballs, right? There was particularly one stage in like uh, that I can remember off the top of my head, where I'm transversing across this this uh, this bridge or something like in this underground cave apparently, and I have the a bunch of these boulder like eyeballs that are coming my way. So instinctfully, I try hitting one of them, you know, and not forgetting clearly what happens when I do that. The eyeball explodes, and part of the bridge goes and gives out. So here I am. I can't jump to the other side of the bridge because <laughs> I stupidly hit this eyeball and explodes and it takes out part of the bridge that I have to do. So I have to try to jump over it. I fall into the pit because of how how much Christopher Belmont has cement shoes, so he just drops to his death in the pit and have to restart that section over again. <laughs> but uh, going through the bosses of that game... The bosses are not readily difficult. Dracula, at the end of that game, wasn't particularly difficult at all. But eh, it was still kind of a pain in the ass. But the sequel, Castlevania II Belmont's Revenge, that game is a better Castlevania game than its predecessor. Oh my god, it's like night and day with this game. Immediately when you start up the game, the music sounds better. You actually get to see bits of the animation that look much more fluid. It plays more fluid. There are actually features that they added in, which no doubtedly that other players back in the day were like, you know what, why does he move like ass? And so it's like, okay, let's go ahead, let's make him move down the rope quicker. And I'm like, oh, thank God, I can actually go forth and make him move faster. <laughs> it's so funny. He's faster sliding down a rope than he actually is walking across the stage. <laughs> But the bosses, I felt, were a little bit more varied this time around. Like There's this one boss I can remember where it was like kind of like this demon or something that was inside this thing of armor, and he was going from like left to right, like on the stage. And basically what happens is, when you get his life, like when you get his health bar like halfway down, he actually sheds his armor, and he moves a bit quicker, and jumps in the air, and you have to try to dodge him and stuff. Then there was like one in particular, which was kind of dumb, where you had these, these, uh, it's basically like something out of Contra, right? We have this giant wall that you're facing, like on the right side of the screen, and you have these two freaking heads sticking out of the wall, right? Now, my normal instinct would be to try to, you know, I don't know, take out one of the heads above and then just work my way into the heads at the bottom, because that's how I've been kind of conditioned while playing games of that type, where it's like, okay, I gotta defeat both heads, you know, blah, 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 you know, one at a time. No, that's not the case. It was a lot more easier than I thought. Because after I died on that boss the first time, I basically stuck to the bottom head while it was trying to shoot like these freaking like uh, bone projectiles or something. Like it was switching like neck vertebrae or something with the other head and all this other crap. And uh, I managed to beat that boss like that. But, uh... Let's see, by the end of Castlevania II, Belmont's Revenge and stuff, the, the whole Dracula battle was so much bullshit, because you had so little frames to work with, you had to be pixel perfect in order to dodge some of his fireballs. This Dracula doesn't have a second form, most of your time you're trying to dodge these stupid like fireballs within like, a pixel of like, like at least pixel perfect, and I cannot tell you how many times I had to try to go through that battle in order to beat Dracula finally, but I did. I'm glad I did. I also went through Super Castlevania 4. It's still an amazing game. I mean, hell, the bosses and everything else were, that, were pretty fun, too. I know the Dracula battle and that. That one was a lot more fun than anything in Castlevania Adventure 1 or 2. <laughs> because you have both... You have this, like... Uh, you have his regular form, right? But he has, like, variations of when he appears and then he unveils his cape. And all of a sudden, all of these fireballs start shooting off and all this other crap but he actually has, like, little columns of lightning that shoot down and this and that. But Castle... You know, Super Castlevania 4 is a lot longer of a game than some of the other games that I had played and, you know, beat. Like, the original Castlevania, Adventure 1 and 2, and Bloodlines even. A lot more different stages. I mean, it had, like, about... I want to say, like, about 12 to 14 stages in all. I mean, that was... That was, like, a gauntlet. But... Uh, yeah, the other game that I beat from that collection thing was Kid Dracula. It's about nine stages long. It is so weird, Tyler. I'll tell you this, man. I can understand why, initially, that this wasn't transferred to the West because of a couple reasons. One, they had to make edits upon the first boss because the first boss, what looks like a ghost, is actually supposed to be a clansman <laughs> from, like, the KKK. <laughs> oh, wow. And uh, they made a little edit upon that, obviously, for obvious reasons. But the game is so bizarre. You're facing off against like these creatures in like the uh, demon world, right? Where it's like you have to take out these like these ghouls, these like these witches and stuff, and various bosses. There's like one boss was like a giant chicken. <laughs> I mean, literally, a giant chicken was like one of the bosses. And also, the Statue of Liberty is a boss too. But you don't fight the Statue of Liberty. No, it's it doesn't like violence at all. Wait, are so we talking about Ghostbusters two here? And how do you beat it in a quiz contest? You have to know a little bits about uh, some bits of like Japanese culture and even some bits of like American history.
0: <laughs> oh, good, good things I know very well.
1: <laughs> well, like here's one of the questions. Like in general, it's like uh, something about the Statue of Liberty. It's like when it's like who gave the Statue of Liberty to the United States? And I'm like France. And it's like okay. And it's like oh, all right, all right. It's like how do you say hello in Japanese? And <laughs> Like, questions like that. And basically, I had it so where I had one heart, so I had to use save states, because if I would have answered wrong, it would have killed me, and I had to go through that entire thing over again. And like, nah, let's do it. Let's do it this way. So the thing about this game, it's a regular platformer, right? And you're supposed to be going through and beating this character by the name of, like, Garamoth, or something. It's like a dragon creature. It's got, like, two forms. You face off against it two times. But in between each stages, there's these, like, little mini-games you can choose. One of it's called, like, Garapon or something, where you basically have this gigantic sort of, like, wheel, this machine or something, right? It's kind of like a bingo machine, you know, where it's, like, a lot of the balls are, like, rolling around. The different colored balls represent how many lives you can gain. From that playthrough, I got one golden ball, which is, like, worth, like, seven lives or some shit like that. It's, like, color-coded with everything. But the one mini-game I wanted to talk about was, uh, it's a mini-game called Can-Can, which... You you have four can can dancers right, and you're supposed to guess something like the color of like uh what kind of like underwear these can can dancers are wearing. And I'm like what wait 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 what? <laughs> and so here I am. I I just go forth and I just randomly start guessing. It's like okay um red, and all of a sudden I see the animation where it's like oh okay, now I'm just seeing red underwear now. It's like what in the hell? <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, it's like, initially, it's like, okay, second color. I go ahead, I go, like, white. And, yep, white. Okay, I got that one right. So, the last one, the last one, it's like, all these various colors. What's the last one I can think of? Okay, blue. And, uh, what's funny is I get that one right, too. And it didn't occur to me until after I finished that mini games. like, here we have a Japanese game. There's Can-Can Dancers, and they basically just... I just went through an entire minigame where it just showcased the colors red, white, and blue, like in the American flag. <laughs> oh, But anyway, it's so weird. It's so quirky, but it is pretty lovable, and it's a hard platformer. It's a hard NES-style platformer. So I ended up beating that game today. And so the last thing that's left is playing through two games, which are probably one, one of the hardest games to play through, and another one probably being one of the worst games to play through. I'm talking about Simon's Quest, Castlevania II, and I'm talking about Castlevania 3 Dracula's Curse. So basically, in order to get every single trophy inside this collection bundle, I have to not only complete Simon's Quest, Castlevania II, but I have to beat Castlevania 3 not once, not twice but four separate times. Once with Trevor, by himself, hmm. one with a couple other like party members, like one with like, Grant Nasty, the pirate, Alucard, the son of Dracula, and Scythe Belnades. So basically they want you to beat Castlevania 3 a hard game as it is, four different times, once by yourself, and three with three different party members. And I'm thinking to myself, uh, do I want to go through this gauntlet or not? <laughs> yeah, you it know, it's really got me into a dilemma. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, boy. So, yeah, you know what? Even though it, I have been playing pretty much old games from the past couple of years, if not older, I still had a fun time going through right. with what I've been playing the past couple weeks. So, yeah, that's pretty much it for what I've been playing.
0: All right. Well, <laughs> very cool. Um, well I have to pee very bad so we're going to end this show now alright um, so thank you guys so much for listening if you want to hear more from us we have a Facebook page and group uh, Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast like join us on there on iTunes at Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast subscribe to us on there please leave us a five star review in the comments we really appreciate you did that also on iTunes at Drunk Nerds Pod follow us on there please um, on t- Twitch go to twitch.tv slash Colonel Gables on YouTube Drunk Dash Nerds uh, subscribe to us please um, leave us a comment pick a thumbs up and all that stuff um, really appreciate you doing all that there too and, and Spotify Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast uh, follow us on there and if you guys figure out how reviews work do that there um, I think the premise covers everything that we're on uh, so once again thank you guys so much for listening I was your host I was Tyler and I have been
1: Colonel Gables so until next time everyone I hope you had yourself a fun week I definitely hope you had yourself a safe holiday on Memorial Day <laughs> but most importantly of all thank you for listening to another fun-filled episode of the Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast hey Gables yep too sweet Too sweet, man. Bye, guys. See ya.